This week's episode is brought to you by Adventure Pumps, the original and only water transfer pump for your off-grid adventures. This innovative 12-volt submersible pump kit will not only save you time, but will save you money, allowing you to make the most of Australia's incredible landscapes. Adventure Pumps. Go further, stay longer. For more details on this essential off-grid water solution, visit our website, thefeelgoodfamily.com forward slash gear. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 12 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back to the Family Travel Australia podcast where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip travel, caravanning and camping, product reviews, where to go, what to do and so much more. Thanks for joining us for another week. This week, the wheels are rolling, baby. We explore the Sunshine Coast hinterland, staying off grid at a fantastic hip camp in Belay Park. We visit the famous Yamundi Markets. We cook the perfect campfire potatoes, hike Condalilla Falls and make myself sick on the famous coffee and a donut. <laughs> oh, yes, that is a must try whenever you are in this region. <laughs> I have to start off by saying it's so good to be back up and running and having the wheels turning again. And if you haven't caught up, we uh, all unfortunately were very unwell. We came home from our flying visit down to Melbourne with the flu and it just knocked us about really badly. So if you live in a small space like we do, you'll know what it's like when a family member is unwell. But when all three of you go down at the same time, there was not a lot of movement going on. That's mm. the wheels of the caravan or us. It was uh, bed bound for about two weeks. Lurgy. The lingering lurgy. Yes, it wasn't nice. But I tell you what, how good is it when you get up and running after you've been unwell, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm back, baby, like what you oh, said, Paul. Do you know what? I'm not quite there. I'm not on all cylinders yet. You know, I feel, I feel good and I feel good, but I'm just not quite in my skin. Yet, and I've still got just a little bit of a nasally thing going on, but yeah. you know, look, look, it definitely get over got it, us. get on with it. Yeah, but that's right. We're we're back up. We're running. We uh, we hit the road. We headed out to the spectacular Sunshine Coast hinterland. And look, I grew up in this region, you know, so I've spent plenty of time out there as a kid. But I'm just amazed at what is on offer out here in the Sunshine Coast hinterland in terms of campgrounds available, no matter what you were travelling in, whether that's a swag or a tent, a rooftop camper or a full, you know, caravan like we are, there is so much selection out here. It is amazing. In fact, next week's episode, we are going to do a fly around the region of Kenilworth and that sort of five, ten kilometre radius and go through all the different opportunities for camping off grid, on grid, you know, however it is that you've got your setup, it is God's country out here. Yeah, it really is amazing. And look, we use a couple of apps to source 
campgrounds when we're uh, in the planning stages. One, of course, is wiki camps. You know, just about just about everything is on wiki camps. You can find where to stay, where to play, where to fill up with water, mm. all of that sort of jazz. The other one that we've been using a lot this season in season seven, as we've been traveling off grid, can you believe it? Over six months unplugged from power, Woo-hoo. is hip camp. Yeah. And hip camp's fantastic. More and more properties are coming on board with hip camp. They're private properties opening up their gates to campers to come and enjoy their little slice of heaven. And so we've got a great hip camp in today's episode. And as you said, Paul, a couple more next week as well. And we have joined uh, another. There's, there's a third one that we're going to be trying out as far as sourcing, you know, the best off-grid or locations on private properties, that is. And I believe it's called Harvest Inn. Now, we, we've mentioned this before, but we, we're yet to stay at one of their properties, okay? so But as soon as we do, we will we'll let you know exactly what the experience is, a little bit of a different model. Uh, we think it's sort of based on that Harvest Host in the USA where you are able to stay on a private property uh, – but you're contributing in some way, whether that's purchasing their produce, helping milk the cows, giving Daisy a little bit of <laughs> love. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, yes. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, they are a fairly new business model here in Australia, so mm. don't have a. A lot of properties on board yet, but certainly enough for us to start trying them as we travel a little bit further afield from the sunshine coast of Queensland. All right, let's get into it. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a good place to start for. (laughs) It's always a really good spot to start. Like a good lyric, doesn't it? Kenilworth Bakery. Oh, my gosh. This place is famous for their donuts. People travel hundreds of kilometres. The the initial, I guess, greeting is this incredible artwork, uh, just like a laneway of art by an artist who uses an airbrush, and his name is... Das Von Roe. Das Von Roe. Now, you can check him out on Facebook, which I'd encourage you to do. Have a look at his online videos on YouTube and, and watch this guy time-lapsing his creations. Wow, what a gift. I, I, I truly was blown away as an entry statement. Uh, I'd forgotten it. we were even there to get donuts. Truly talented artist. Yeah, really remarkable actually. And I was so impressed because a lot of the, the, the fencing that he is painting on is mm-hmm. corrugated iron. How how do you do that? How do you get a realistic image of somebody's face and then be able to paint it on a medium that's not flat? I don't mm. know. True talent. Primarily, uh, it's a celebrity imagery of musical artists, musicians. Uh, there is one, however, of Crocodile Dundee. Yes. Yes, that's not a donut, Paul. This is a donut. Yes, <laughs> and he's holding it. <laughs> His knife with a donut on the end while wrestling a a crocodile. Uh, That's good fun. Look, there's a number of different challenges. Now, the bakery uh, was the original real fame was because they they were producing such good baked goods, uh, including sausage rolls. They have a challenge called the one kilogram sausage roll challenge. And it's basically a time challenge. How fast can you devour and maintain a... 
it inside your It's a whole stomach. lot of sausage roll, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm not up for that. Okay, the, uh, and then on the other side is really where the, the famous part has come into play, and that's around the donuts, uh, these decadent donuts that vary from Oreo donuts uh, to Tim Tams to pretzels to, I mean, you name it, they've, they've kind of created mm. these, you know, jam-filled, Nutella-filled donuts that are, I think are all the same price. It's $6.50 a donut. Mm. And look, they're beautiful. I mean, you walk in and you're greeted just with these cabinets of the most beautiful manicured looking <laughs> donuts you've ever seen. You're lulled into this false sense of, yes, I will be able to achieve this. I will mm. be able to eat one of these Cabinets full of calories. <laughs> and really, uh, the, the other challenge on this side is the one kilogram donut. So, and there's a time challenge as well. Anyway, so that, they're, the, they're the two options if you're feeling, uh, you know. Up for the challenge. <laughs> competitive. Yes. On, in a foodie kind of way. So, we ordered our donuts and then I saw a sign and it said, coffee in a donut. And I thought, that's me. You know. So, I ordered up. My coffee and a donut. Now, you, you really have to look at this online on, on our mm. YouTube to see it, but it basically is a barista-style coffee delivered in a hollowed-out, flexible, you know, fresh donut bun that has been lined with Nutella to help save leakage. Right. It's very clever. Right, there you go. Adds I, a little bit of sweet, <laughs> chocolatey goodness. I asked the the lady who was preparing my meal, if you could call it that. Uh, what's the what's a cross between beverage and meal? <laughs> beverage. That's it. It's my beverage, and uh, I said, you know, whose idea was this? this? Is crazy. And she said, well, it was actually one of the old bakers. He was on a break, and he was like, oh, I've only got five minutes. How could I? You know, still have my morning coffee and a donut, so he just joined them together. It's a time-saving thing. Yeah, look, the concept is cool. Watching you consume your beverage, and unfortunately at this point in time, I was still not 100%, so I didn't participate in any coffee nor donut uh, eating and drinking while we were there. But watching you consume it, I right. mean, it's, it's a feat, right? It is, look. The end result is an incredibly enjoyable experience and unsettling experience all at the same time. <laughs> and my recommendation would be give it a crack, uh, but then the honest truth would be do them separately because it, you end up just slurping your coffee and the coffee was sensational. <laughs> like it, was, it truly was, you know, as far as me loving coffee, an excellent coffee. And the donut itself with all that Nutella, oh, that sugary goodness, it's just, it's it's too much for one person. Look, it's definitely an, an experience and we would recommend that you go and visit the Kenilworth Bakery when you are out that way. Uh, potentially not on a weekend because as Paul no. said, people do drive a long, long, long way to line up out the front and get their a package of donuts from the world famous bakery. But um, definitely worth a visit when you are in this Sweet little part of the Sunshine Coast hinterland. And then if you're just purchasing yourself a jam donut or, or any of the other baked goods, yeah, share, I think, is um, they, because they they really do give you quite a lot for that for that price point and uh, it, it is enjoyable, but it's, it's a, lot, a lot of sugar. Okay, let's move on. Now, 
Belli Glades, it's called the Creekside Tranquility, is about 15 minutes outside of Kenilworth. This is an off-grid hip camp is where we decided to really spend the best part of a week. It was actually a little bit longer and that was because we were laid out flat in bed for for quite a while there, as you mentioned. Mm. But uh, once we came good, we can say there's 10 sites here. There's a 30-metre, I guess, distance between each of those sites. You can have up to six people on these sites. And it's $40 per campsite. Actually, it's $45 per campsite, mm. but you uh, offered a 10% discount as a midweek, mid-week. special. That's right. That mm. is correct. And um, it's it's really beautiful. I mm. mean, the environment is spectacular. It's sort of like a front paddock area of, of a very large property and bordered by a creek and rainforest and then really th- old growth forest yes, Katie yes yes beautiful towering gums and palms and yeah beautiful really lush and then the area that you camp on within is this green lush grassy paddock that has gentle sort of undulations it's not all flat the campground areas where the individual sites are marked out are all flat which is fantastic but then there's this character to the rest of the campground and it was amazing like we were there uh, aside from the the weekend we were there by ourselves and as far as finding a place to feel very unwell and relaxed in that was amazing yeah, look, we'd recommend uh, if you're able to go there before the weekend, you know, if you've only got the weekend to camp but you can sort of get there early on the Friday before other campers, check out Site 9 because mm. uh, Site 10 and Site 1 are kind of opposite each other as you enter. Uh, it is a gravel dirt road for a couple of kilometres off the main road uh, to enter this property and that main road turn in. Uh, give yourself a few hundred kilometres of braking and slowing down and warning other traffic behind you that you're going to do a sharp turn mm. um, if you're coming from the east uh, into this this road. It's just a tip. There's a bit of a safety thing there I think you have to be aware yeah, of. Yeah, that's a good um, point. And then you don't need to drop your tyre pressures, but it is a dirt gravel road. So just take your time. Mm. Uh, you enter in. But Site 9 would be our pick. That's where we stayed. It's It's got like a, a massive old... Uh, tree right at the front which then sort of stops any other campers coming in and past you so you you kind of have your own little pocket yeah it's very private but huge we had so much space enough for jasper to set up his naked tent his little outdoor cubby that he absolutely loves and gosh he spent so much time in there in fact because we were all feeling so miserable we all laid out there under the naked tent catching the beautiful breeze that was coming through the campground Mm. we had plenty of space to set up our outdoor projector and as we said the majority of the time we were the only campers there so we weren't annoying anybody with the noise from watching movies the boys even and set up and had a gaming night on the back of the van with the projector. I love off-grid, outback, outdoor cinema, as <laughs> I call it. It is, it is so fantastic. So, yeah, you can check out our YouTube channel uh, on how we set up our projector for more details around that because that is probably one of the best 
entertainment experiences that you can have traveling off grid. Uh, we just love it as a family. All right, the perfect potatoes. Now, we had a visit from my mum and dad, aka Granny and Granddad Feelgood, Papa Feelgood. Yeah, that was lovely. They came down and spent the day with us and it was, again, just very relaxed. We were the only ones at the campground, so we had the, the run of the space and we decided to, <clears throat> excuse me, throw some potatoes in the campfire. And, Paula, you've really perfected this meal, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Paul's perfect potatoes, I call them. <laughs> I call them suddenly. Uh, okay, here we go. This is just going to give you the really quick tips on how to make... Perfect, Paul's perfect potatoes. So what you want to do, we grabbed a two kilo bag of washed potatoes. We uh, basically then just drizzle a little bit of olive oil on top of the potato and then you season it, salt, pepper, five spice, whatever you want. We just, honestly, we only put salt on. So we just have basically olive oil, salt, and then you wrap it in the alfoil. Now, the tip or hack from us to get the uh, the perfect part of it is to double wrap them in alfoil and that will just save it from getting burnt on the outside it will still be golden brown and in some parts it'll be a bit darker than others but it won't go completely burnt and that's just a, a little bit of a tip if you mm. like it like that the other thing too is to get your fire cranking for a good hour and a half you know to two hours before you're planning on putting them on and then you're going to need an hour for those potatoes and we only rotate them once literally they're on one side for half an hour and then you turn them depending on the size of the potato you might need 10 minutes longer or 10 minutes less uh and then katie prepared up uh, her secret recipe of her (laughs) special rice yeah i i I mean, really, just threw in what I had in my fridge. So veg, like mushrooms, broccoli, zucchini, whatever I had in the fridge, I just stir-fried up, again, in a little bit of olive oil, using our awesome induction cooktop. I have to say, never used it before we've had this caravan. Absolutely love it. It is so quick to heat, so quick to cook, and then you turn it off and it cools down so quickly. It is just awesome for caravanning lifestyle a little bit of brown rice a little bit of veggie stock and that formed the basis of one of the toppings that we put in our potatoes hey just on the campfire too i want to say like you want to get that cranking but then you need it to settle down because really what you're after are those super hot coals you want to avoid putting your taties in with lots of flame because they will fry literally but you want to just get them in and amongst the hot coals of a fire that's been on as you said Paul for about an hour and a half before you go to put them in we also laid out you know a spread of grated cheese you can't have potato without grated cheese Um, I love a good pickle mix so we had some gherkins and um, what are those things pickled onions and jalapenos all chopped up and you basically could put in what you want a coleslaw salad mix Anything that you want to top them with. I think having like some sort of bolognese in winter, if you were doing this in winter, some sort of bolognese sauce would be awesome to put over your potatoes. I tell you what, so easy, really, for the effort that you put in to cook these babies. Love it. The reward that you get (laughs) and... That was like our first meal back after feeling so miserable. So we were like, oh, my God, isn't food the best, man? This is amazing. (laughs) Plenty of butter. Oh, yes. And plenty of sour cream. Yes. And some chilli 
Oh, always. Flakes on top. Yeah. And absolutely delicious, as you said. Now, I, again, same with the donut, you know, my eyes are always bigger than my <laughs> belly. We uh, prepared two kilos of potatoes and we wouldn't even got through half of them. So that just gives you an idea. There were four adults and Jasper. So with the five of us, a kilo was plenty. Plenty. Yeah. So. yeah. One potato fully loaded is uh, is an awesome meal. In fact, we had some left over. So we we cooked some more up the following week, which we'll talk about next week in next week's <laughs> <Yes>. podcast. <laughs> okay. That's the perfect potatoes. Now, we also mentioned that we went to Yumundi Markets. This is uh, pretty famous as far as markets go around Australia. I think it's one of the, you know, most successful markets as far as visitation. It's become a real tourist attraction. Uh, it operates twice weekly on both Wednesday and Saturdays. Uh, it has 1.2 million visitors now plus per annum and is just over 600 stall holders that are there every Wednesday and every Saturday. It's really impressive. And, I mean, Umundi is such a beautiful little town to go and visit anyways. Mm. It's like a, a real sort of time capsule, really. It's There's beautiful old heritage-listed buildings, the old pubs, and, yeah, it's and it's only this one little street, really, where the main activity happens. Mm, it's interesting because we had a, a comment on our Facebook post uh, saying, oh, yes, you're camping up the posh end of the Sunshine Coast. I was like, <laughs> ooh, I didn't know that there was such a thing. Posh end. So it can be considered that. But I think what they've done so well at Umundi Markets is how they've laid it out and – it's it's a very well-kept, a very organised style of market that showcases producers who grow, who make, who sow. I, I love that because it's all local. It's all handmade or hand-grown in some sense. And you could get anything and everything that your heart desires here. It's grown so much that they've now extended over the road at the back of the markets and there's a, a whole other section over there. There was a fantastic muso playing wow, when we visited. Good. Our hot tip would be go on a Wednesday yep. if you don't like hanging out with a lot of people because Saturdays are very busy. Go outside of school holidays. Yeah. We were able to to walk around and, and it was lovely and not too busy. We got a park straight out the front. Jasper was able to play on the children's playground that adjoins the markets. We grabbed some lunch. It was just a really lovely, relaxed morning. Yeah, and it was a little bit of rain as well, so it was just yeah, cool temperature, mm. but pretty well covered areas for you to, to get around the weather if, if there is, whether it's too hot or, or raining. Uh, across the road where the extension of the markets is, is a, a huge car parking area. And there's also a dump point there, just good to know. Uh, so anyway, you Monday markets definitely worth a visit. Uh, do take your wallet. Uh, um, Be say. aware of the parking too. I actually saw some signs maybe that the locals had put up around various parking areas, just warning people. You know, take a note of the time limit because the parking inspectors do come out, and I would imagine they'd uh, do pretty well for themselves on a market day. You wouldn't want that job though, would you? you know? No. In my younger days, I've yelled at a couple of those guys. (laughs) Well, they're just doing their job. I know, but, you know, good on you. If you're out there doing that job, I don't like you. 
but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. We're digressing. Okay, what's next in our notes? Condalilla Falls. Thing. Okay, this region is just full of things to do and places to go and visit, but we did want to take a drive up to the range, you know, up to beautiful Montville, Mapleton, Mullaney. It is so spectacular up there and quite an easy drive from where we were camping at Belle Park. We went up a back route. Now, it's good to know that the drive that we took is not suitable for caravans or mm-hmm. towing any sorts of trailer. I think the uh, one of the restrictions included any combined vehicle lengths are eight metres or more. Or more, okay. And we must be... Point eight five, I think. For, oh, for the van alone, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, good to know, though, that there are many, many different routes that will get you up onto the range, so never fear on that one. But we took the Obi uh road, which was lovely, from Belle Park just before Kenilworth up to Mapleton and did the really family-friendly walk mm. to Condalilla Falls and the Rock Pools. This was a 35 degree Celsius day, which is super hot. And so our tip here would be go early in the morning or late in the afternoon, which is is really when we went. Uh, The rock pools are incredibly refreshing and great reward really for your efforts. A three kilometre return circuit. Uh, There are, we would say it's moderate Mm. because it's fairly easy, but then there are loads of (laughs) steps and... I wouldn't exactly say that the steps have been created to code, you know, like they're no, not. <laughs> no, they haven't. They're, it's they're pretty uneven and different heights and sizes. So you just, yeah. you know, it, it, it can be a bit of a trip hazard. But there's plenty of railing to hold on to, and it's such a short distance that. Yeah, we'd say it's moderate. You, you yeah. want a bit of fitness uh, to, to do this. Yeah, that's right. It's not uh, accessible. This particular walk, um, and it is a lot of sort of rainforest tracks, so there's tree roots and things like that that you're traversing over, but really beautiful, um, you know, relatively quick, being only one and a half kilometres each way, depending on whether you've packed your bathers and a towel and you're going to have a swim in the rock pools. There wasn't a lot of water coming over the falls, but it was still just so beautiful to get our our flu-ridden bodies out into nature and and really you know soak up that that energy. Oh, that environment is mm. stunning. And look, a good point here is there's signs everywhere that says submerged rocks, submerged logs, mm. do not jump. You know, I mean, there are people just jumping off the waterfalls everywhere and. Um, the youth of today, Dal. Look, I mean, I remember doing it too, though. I, mm. I guess that's it, misspent youth. <laughs> uh, but accidents happen, you know. Um, I, I guess that is as you sort of you get older, maybe you get wiser or you just you just become a little bit more aware that, um, you know, sometimes these signs are, are there for good reason. Mm. It was an in- It's an interesting um, situation to be in because we were there, obviously, with Jasper, who's six, and he's reading now, so he was able to read the signs that say – Caution, you know, submerged, whatever under the Rocks, water. Logs, yeah. Do not jump from the waterfall. And then, you know, in front of us is a is a group of young'uns, you know, living their best lives, jumping off the waterfalls. And it was an interesting conversation to have with Jasper at six. Yeah, look, I, I remember getting sent home from a 13-year-old's, uh, you know, teenager party 
where we were, you know, specifically instructed not to jump off this bridge. And as soon as the parents left, that was it. We were up there. Boom, jumping. One was on lookout on the other side of the bridge watching out for, you know. So, and I look back now and I just think, what was I thinking? Mm. So I don't know how you, as a parent, you really manage it. You know, you kind of do your best and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if only there was a guidebook. I have said that so many times in the last couple of weeks, you know, parenting manual. <laughs> mm. Just follow these instructions and you'll be sweet. <laughs> Wowzers, yeah. a feel-good parenting manual. Oh, God. Don't know about that. Mm. Okay. Now, that's really uh, our experiences for this week. Mm. It was really, really fantastic. Um, in the YouTube episode, I also walk around the Norworld canopy because uh, we're selling it and it's uh, getting a, a new, uh, lighter, uh, more efficient build happening in, in the next few weeks. So, that is also Super on there. exciting. Yeah, so uh, that will be going to a new home soon. Incredible kit, but you can check that out if that interests you uh, or have a look on our Facebook page as well. Next week, we are actually going to be, again, exploring this camping opportunities that are abundant out here in Kenilworth along the Mary River and then up to a very special location called Blue Gums. Mm. River Retreat, wow. Yeah, I think this will become one of our favourite off-grid campgrounds in this region and somewhere we'll definitely return to time and time again, as many of the locals do. As I said at the start, there there's just so much in this Sunshine Coast hinterland and Blue Gums is creeping up towards the Fraser Coast and, again, just spectacular countryside. That stunning Mary River that just winds its way for... Hundreds of kilometres is just incredible. Look, I'm going to give this away. I got a message that came in last night on a YouTube comment that said, did you know that the Mary River is the only river on the map of Oz that actually flows up towards the ocean? And as in, if you're looking at a map of Australia from its, the head, I guess, where where the the spring is, the, the water would actually, yeah, go in a direction that would be in north. In a northerly direction. North and then east to the ocean. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, Thank you really for that cool. Tip. We've learnt some great Merry River facts that we'll share with you in next week's podcast. And also the famous, incredibly good valued Kenilworth Dairy. <gasps> Blessed oh are the cheesemakers. Aren't they, what? And blessed are the people who go and have a <laughs> cheese platter for lunch. Yes, so good. What a great experience. All right. So we will say goodbye for this week. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And happy trails. Happy trails.